uh, I, I got to noticing in my yard one day that uh, that the ground was was kind of soft in certain areas, and I, I kind of you know do like this. I, what in the world is going on? And I started noticing I was having having tunnels all through my yard. And come to find out, we we had a mole situation in our yard. Still do. I, I got one of them critters, amen. Uh, uh, Amazon ordered a trap, amen. And it worked, amen. I got another one set right now because I, I got another one. But uh, I was talking to my brilliant granddaughter one day, Allie Jo, that's her. And, uh, and we were talking about it, and, uh, and she said, Papa, that's moles. It's a mole. I said, what do you know about moles? She started telling me all about them. Amen. Uh, come to find out they've had a mole problem too. Amen. But I've heard all my life, the, and, and you know this phrase, don't make a mountain out of a molehill. And uh, I've always known what a molehill was. Uh, I mean, I'm not dumb, but but I, I've never really experienced a molehill. But this past summer, I've experienced molehills. And molehills, watch this, molehills can be frustrating. They can be a little bit of an issue. They can be a problem. They can be uh, aggravating. Uh, but really, when it's all said and done, a molehill, though it is an issue and though it is a problem, it's not a real big problem in the overall scheme of things. We can kind of just deal with the mole and then step on the molehills and smash it back down. Uh, it's, it's frustrating. Uh, it's an inconvenience. It makes things a little messy sometimes. But it's a molehill. Sometimes if we're not careful, we can make mountains out of molehills in our life. You say, what in the world are you talking about? Find your place this evening in 2 Chronicles chapter number 14. 2 Chronicles chapter number 14. I ran across this passage uh, a little while back and it's really just kind of kind of gripped me a little bit. I, I refer to it fairly often. And I was thinking about this. While you're turning there, I think we would all agree that without the Lord we can do nothing. We need Him. As a matter of fact, the Lord said, without me ye can do nothing. We need the Lord's help. We have to learn to depend on Him sometimes, and He's willing to help, and He does help, but, uh, but we need His help. And I'm thankful tonight that He is indeed our helper. Bible tells us, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills, from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord. The psalmist also said, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Hebrews says, let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. We need Him. We need His help. He is willing to help. And He does 
help us. And I'm so thankful for that. But as I was thinking about the Lord's help and the fact that He is our helper and the fact that without Him we can do nothing, I ran across this passage and I, I want to I draw your attention to it tonight. It's found in Second Chronicles chapter 14. We'll give you the context in just a moment. But the Bible says in verse number 11, And Asa cried unto the Lord his God and said, Lord, watch this, it is nothing with thee to help, whether with many or with them that have no power. Help us, O Lord our God, for we rest on thee, and in thy name we go against this multitude, O Lord. Uh, the Bible tells us there, Thou art our God, let not man prevail against thee. Notice the phrase, It is nothing with thee to help. We need his help. He is our helper. He wants to help. He will help. He does help. But watch this. It's nothing with him to help us. You know, watch this. Those things that are intimidating to us. Those things that are insurmountable to us. Those things that we look at and we think, I can never do that. I can never get through that. I could never handle that. I can't do it. God says, you know what? It's nothing with me to help. What for us is a mountain, for God is just a molehill. Because it is nothing with thee to help. Let's pray together and we'll look at this. We'll be quick tonight. Amen. And uh, just show you a couple of things that I hope will be a help to you and encouragement to you. Let's pray together. Lord, we love you. We thank you so much for the day you've given us, for what our hearts have felt tonight especially, for what our eyes have seen, for what our ears have heard. And uh, Lord, we thank you for the music, the fellowship. Lord, we thank you for the privilege we have to worship you tonight. We thank you for the Word of God and the fact that we can look into it tonight. I pray you'd open our eyes that we may behold wondrous things out of thy law tonight. I pray you'd open our ears that we might hear what thus saith the Lord, but especially tonight open our hearts that the Word of God might fall upon good ground tonight. Take root, and then, Lord, we'll see the fruit of it many days hence. Again, we love you. Give me clarity of thought to preach the message you've impressed upon my heart. Give us conviction and compassion to say the things that need to be said but say them in the right spirit as well. We love you. We thank you for this church. Thank you for all you've done here, Lord, and uh, even the help that you have given in these days to this uh, dear church, Lord. It's nothing with you to do these things. We thank you so much for that truth. Guide us and direct us. We'll thank you for it all in Jesus' name. Amen. When you come to this passage of Scripture, Second Chronicles chapter number 14, Asa is the king of Judah. If you'll remember at the death of Solomon, the, uh, the nation of Israel uh, had a conflict and it split in two. Uh, ten tribes followed, uh, followed Jeroboam and they made the northern kingdom, that is called the northern kingdom, also known as Israel. Two tribes followed after Rehoboam and they developed the southern kingdom, which was also known as Judah. Each of these two kingdoms, the northern kingdom, the southern kingdom, had a, uh, had a succession of kings. The northern uh, kingdom, the northern tribes, 
uh, all of their kings were bad kings. None of them were good kings. They were all evil in the eyes of the Lord. And that's why God uh, sent them into captivity before he did the southern kingdom. The southern kingdom had, uh, had mostly bad kings, but they did have a handful of good kings that the Bible says about them that they did that which was right in the eyes of the Lord. Now Asa was one of those good kings. He began to reign as just a young man. Uh, his story is, is given for us here in chapter number 14. Uh, and the Bible says about Asa in verse number 2, Asa did that which was good and right in the eyes of the Lord his God. He reigned in Judah for 41 years. Now at the end of his reign, uh, he uh, made a few mistakes and, uh, and, uh, and failed to trust the Lord with a couple of things. But by and large, most of his life and most of his reign, he was a great king. As you follow through chapter number 14, you find that, uh, uh, that he led the nation of Judah in, uh, in getting rid of idolatry. Uh, and uh, uh, there was a time of peace and even prosperity in the land. And so for ten years, the Bible tells us uh, that the land was quiet. It says, it says there in verse number one, uh, in his days the land was quiet ten years. The Bible tells us there in verse number six, he built fenced cities in Judah for the land had rest. He had no war in those years because the Lord had given him rest. Uh, it says in verse number 7, the, uh, the latter phrase is there. The Bible says, we have sought the Lord our God. Uh, we have sought Him and He hath given us rest on every side. So they built and prospered. And so Asa was the king of Judah, began, became the king as a young man. Uh, and uh, he began, again, to get rid of idolatry. He began to fence the cities and, uh, and began to fortify those cities, and God blessed. And so the, the nation of Judah went ten years where there was no war, there was no conflict, there was peace in the land, and the Bible says that there was prosperity in the land. God was blessing. Everything was going, uh, going good, uh, kind of just, uh, just put it on cruise control, doing that. That which was right and good, good and right in the eyes of the Lord. God was blessing that. But all of a sudden, uh, the, the kind of the tide changed. Verse number 8 says, And Asa had an army of men that bear targets and spears out of Judah, 300,000, and out of Benjamin that bear shields and drew bows, 200 and fourscore thousand. All these were mighty men of valor. And so if you kind of do the math, you find out all together uh, that they had an army that, uh, that, uh, that was uh, uh, about 580,000 men strong. And so uh, though there was no war, they had a good army, they were strong, the cities were fortified, the land had rest, the land had peace. But in verse number 9, watch what happens. And there came out against them Zira, the Ethiopian, with a host of a thousand, thousand, and three hundred chariots, and came to Marishah. Now all of a sudden, after a season of peace, after the blessing of God, the Bible tells us that King Zerah of Ethiopia came against Judah. Judah being an army of a 580,000 strong, but Ethiopia's army was a million strong. So now Asa finds himself greatly outnumbered 
Asa finds himself, though they had uh, had some wonderful uh, uh, season of peace and prosperity and blessing, and everything's going good. Aren't you thankful for those mountaintop times in 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 life? I thank God for the mountains, amen, and, and we sing those songs. But you know what? There's also valleys and storms in life. We don't know the exact reason for those times, but maybe we find in Asa's case and in our case as well, maybe it's a time where God's just testing our faith. Maybe it's times like these where He's teaching us that we do indeed need God's help and God's strength. Maybe He's uh, He's teaching us not to trust in our our strength and our ability. You know, Asa might have said, hey, we're doing pretty good, you know. Uh, we, we've got this thing going good, 580,000 men in the army. And he found out real quick, you know what, I need God. And so sometimes those seasons come in our life maybe to test our faith, to teach us how much we need Him. Maybe, maybe just as a testimony of God's power and God's glory to the world. Whatever the reason for it all was, Asa had an opportunity as things were going good, but now Ethiopia is is coming against him. There is an insurmountable, there is a, a situation where, watch this, I can do nothing here. I'm in trouble. I need the Lord. So what does Asa do? Well, he knew that God was his source of strength and his source of help. So in verse 10, Asa went out against him, speaking of of Zerah, and they set the battle in array in the valley of Zephathah at Merishah. And watch this, Asa cried unto the Lord his God and said, Lord, it is nothing with thee to help, whether with many or with them that have no power. Help us, O Lord our God. For we rest on thee, and in thy name we go against this multitude, O Lord. Thou art our God. Let not man prevail against thee. So Asa, greatly outnumbered, turns to God for help, and he simply says, It is nothing with thee to help. Now, real quickly this evening. Amen. And I know I'm I'm preaching to the crowd that probably says... I don't really care, but I do know this much. I know it's Super Bowl Sunday. I got it. Amen. So I'm going to be sensitive to that, and and I'm going to give you these four or five things real quickly. Amen. Not because it's Super Bowl, because I I went a little longer this morning than I wanted to. Amen. So I'm going to pay you back. Amen. Is that that a good deal? Amen. I'm going to give you some, some of your time back real quickly. What are some areas tonight where we find ourselves needing the Lord's help, where we sometimes think, this is too big for me, but with God, nothing is impossible. And it is nothing with Him to help us in these areas. I'll give you these real quickly. Number one, it is nothing for God to help us with direction. It is nothing with God or for God to help us with direction. Notice in verse number 4, something interesting here. The Bible says in verse number 4, 
and, uh, uh, and this is speaking of Asa, and commanded Judah, watch this, to seek the Lord God of their fathers to do the law and the commandment. Verse number 7, about, uh, about halfway down, it says this, because we have sought the Lord our God and have sought Him. And then when you get to our text verse, uh, the Bible tells us there that He cried unto the Lord. Here's the point tonight. Asa sought the Lord. Asa knew he needed God's direction. But, uh, but the thing that's interesting to me is this. In verse 4 and verse number 7, that was during the time things were going good. That was during the time there was peace and prosperity and no war and God was blessing. But watch this. In that time he sought the Lord. And then when you get to our text verse, uh, he cries unto the Lord. He's seeking the Lord's help uh, again there. Uh, and here's the point. You know, sometimes if we're not careful, we'll wait until we're facing the Ethiopians before we cry out to the Lord and seek the Lord. Sometimes we wait until we get to verse number 11 to cry out to God. But Asa was seeking God's direction all the way back in verse number 4. And then again in verse number 7. And then again in verse number 11. Here's the point. It's not only in those difficult times that we need the Lord's direction. We always need the Lord's direction. Wouldn't it be good tonight if we would seek God's face and seek God's direction uh, uh, throughout uh, uh, every day of our life? Uh, God, by the way, will direct us if we seek His direction. You know what Asa needed when he was facing this insurmountable situation and even before, he knew he needed God to direct his paths. Aren't you thankful tonight? You know, sometimes we get in a situation, we say, Lord, I don't know what to do. Have you ever been been in in a situation where you just said, Lord, I don't know even which way to turn. Lord, help me. You know what? With us, it's a, it's a mountainous situation. And I'm not making light of it. It's, it's a big deal. But you know what? With God, it's nothing. It's nothing with God to help us. It's nothing with Thee. Whether it be wisdom, what to do and what not to do, whether it be, uh, whether it be direction concerning warning or walk, whatever it might be, It's nothing with the Lord to help. I want you to note number two. Look at verse number 12. I love this little word right here. So. So. I did a whole series of messages on the word so. S-O. So. The Lord smote the Ethiopians before Asa and before Judah, and the Ethiopians fled. Now watch this. After Asa sought direction from the Lord, you know what the Lord did? He smote the Ethiopians. You see, Judah couldn't win the battle, humanly speaking. They were outnumbered a million, uh, a million to 580,000. They needed the Lord's help. Asa cried out for help and he said, It's nothing with thee to help. So the Lord smote the Ethiopians. It's just that simple. You know what? It is nothing with God to help with direction when we need direction. It is nothing with God to help us by intervening. You know what, Lord? I can't do it. 
so. Help me, Lord, with this. So the Lord, what a wonderful God we serve. Now, let me, let me give this side note. He don't always intervene in the way that we think he's going to intervene. His ways are not our ways. And by the way, his ways are higher than our ways. He doesn't always intervene in the timing that we want him to intervene or think he should intervene or expect him to intervene. We always need his help, but there are times when we need his miraculous intervention to solve a problem, to provide a need, to give us peace, whatever it may be. You know, there are just simply, watch this, there are simply some things, I know this is going to shatter our pride a little bit, but there are just simply some things that we cannot do. There are some things that are beyond us. Hold your place right here and flip back to the book of Genesis real quickly tonight. Let me give you this. No, I'll tell you what. Let's do it different. Let's go to Daniel. Who wants to go to Daniel? Let's do it this way. We could do either one of them. Honestly, you say, why? Because both of them interpreted dreams. Amen. We can look at Joseph, but I want to look at Daniel instead. Amen. In, in Joseph's situation, Pharaoh had this dream and he needed help from Joseph to interpret the dream. Do you remember that? And, and uh, he brought Joseph in and he told Joseph, Now I've heard that you can interpret dreams. And you know what Joseph basically said? Let me paraphrase it. I can't, but God can. You know, there's a lot of things we can't do, but God can. And we need His help with the, these. But let me, let me say this tonight. Look in Daniel chapter number 2. It's kind of a very similar scenario, but I like the wording here. In this particular case, Nebuchadnezzar had a dream. And Nebuchadnezzar had brought all of his quote-unquote wise men in to interpret the dream and tell him all about that, and they weren't able to do it. And in verse number, verse number 26, the Bible says, The king answered and said to Daniel, whose name was Belteshazzar, Art thou able to make known unto me the dream which I have seen and the interpretation thereof? Daniel answered in the presence of the king and said, The secret which the king hath demanded cannot the wise men, the astrologers, the magicians, the soothsayers show unto the king. There are some things that even the quote-unquote smartest, wisest, uh, most talented uh, people, they can't do it, but there is a God in heaven. Folks, there are some things tonight that you and I cannot do, but there is a God in heaven. There's a God in heaven tonight. I'll just give you these real quickly. This is, a, this is an old message, but it's in the margin of my Bible. I was a sinner, but there is a God in heaven. I get overwhelmed sometimes, but there is a God in heaven. I feel insignificant and inadequate at times, but there is a God in heaven. I don't know what the future holds, but there is a God in heaven. By the way, I don't know what, what tomorrow holds, but I do know who holds tomorrow. 
Sometimes I fail, sometimes I sin, but there is a God in heaven who's willing and able to forgive. And I have an appointment with death or the trumpet. But there is a God in heaven. You see, it is nothing with God to help. Now, He helps in His way, and He helps in His timing, not ours. But it is nothing with God to help us. Go back, if you will, to our text. Let me give you the last couple. God intervened, and we know the story. He smote the Ethiopians before Asa. The Ethiopians fled. Then you get to verse number 13. And this almost seems like a contradiction here, but watch verse 13. And Asa and the people that were with him pursued them unto Gerar. And the Ethiopians were overthrown that they could not recover themselves for they were destroyed before the Lord and before the host and they carried away very much spoil. Now I want, you to, I want you to watch this. The Bible tells us in verse number 12 that the Lord smote the Ethiopians. And then in verse number 13 it says, And Asa and the people that were with him pursued them. The Ethiopians were overthrown. They couldn't recover themselves. They were destroyed before the Lord. Now, interesting. Watch this. The Lord smote the Ethiopians before Asa and before Judah. And then verse 13 says that they were destroyed before the Lord by Asa and Judah. So which is it? The answer is yes. God does it, but watch this. This is the wonder of it all. He uses us. Sometimes He does it miraculously. Sometimes He uses us. And so it is nothing with the Lord, watch this, to help when we need direction. It's nothing with the Lord when we're facing this insurmountable circumstance and situation in our life for the Lord to just intervene and take care of it for us. He just goes right before us and takes care of it for us. But it's also nothing with the Lord to help us by enabling us to do some things that we in and of our own strength could not do. You see, He enables us. While it is true that He helps by intervening, He also helps us by enabling us and using us in His service. He enables us to do what He instructs us and enlists us to do. Faithful is He that calleth uh, you who also will do it. And so uh, it's an amazing thing. We say, Lord, this is a situation that I can't handle. This is a situation that's beyond me. This is a situation that's bigger than me. Uh, And so, Lord, I need your help. It's a mountain to me, but it's nothing. It's just a molehill for you. So, Lord, I'm calling on you to help. And So God helps. And He either helps on one hand by just taking care of that situation... Let me give you just a practical illustration of that. You might be facing financial difficulties tonight. And, and you're, uh, you, look at the, you look at the budget and then you look at the checkbook and then you look at the budget and then you look at the checkbook and the account and you say, Lord, 
This is a mountain. And you cry out to God. And sometimes God intervenes and out of nowhere that financial situation gets resolved. You may go out to the mailbox and get a card. Whatever it might be, God just, God just supplies and it's nothing with Him to do that. Well, have you ever had a situation and God just provided? Out of the clear blue... And it's nothing with him to help by intervening in that situation. Or maybe he gives you, maybe he doesn't just miraculously provide financially, but, but maybe he gives you an opportunity to make a little bit of extra money. Maybe a situation comes up to allow, and God gives you the ability uh, and the opportunity to do that. He enables you to do that. You see, it's nothing with him to provide either this way or that way. You know what he could have done with Asa? And probably the truth be known, probably a little bit of both here. He could have just sent fire from heaven and wiped out the Ethiopians. Boom, taken care of uh, like, like God dealt with Pharaoh and his army and the Red Sea closed in on them, done deal. Uh, let's What's next? Or... Now, Asa, you're going you're gonna to have to fight, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you miraculous victory. And you know what God does? Sometimes He just enables us. You see, it's nothing with Him to help, and He can help in this way or He can help in that way. And by the way, whichever way He helps is right because He's God. A couple more and I'm done. Real quick, real quick. Ready? It is nothing with God to help with salvation. Look at verse number, the latter phrase in verse number 12 says, And the Ethiopians fled. Verse number 13, I want you to notice these words real quickly. The Bible says they were overthrown, uh, they were destroyed. Uh, the Bible says in verse number 14, uh, they smote all the cities round about Gerar. And so we find that, that uh, Asa and Judah experienced salvation, deliverance, and victory with God's help. They couldn't save themselves, so they relied completely on God. Let me say this this evening. Spiritually speaking, in the matter of our, uh, uh, our sin, we can't save ourselves. There's a lot of people trying to do that tonight with works and religion and everything else. But God can save tonight. But we could talk about on the spiritual aspect of that, but I also thought about this tonight in a practical sense. In our life, we can live victoriously. We can, we can have God's help and have victory. You know what? We sometimes blame the devil uh, uh, on a lot of things. And uh, the truth of the matter is, greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. Amen. We can have victory over uh, temptation to sin, besetting sins in our life, and guilt from sin. It's nothing with God to help us with those things.
One last one and I'm done. Notice verse 14. And they smote all the cities round about. The fear of the Lord came upon them. Watch this. And they spoiled all the cities. For there was exceeding much spoil in them. They smote also the tents of cattle, carried away sheep and camels in abundance and returned to Jerusalem. Asa and Judah not only won the battle, but they were blessed with the spoils. You know what? It's nothing, and we've kind of already mentioned this, but it is nothing with God to help us with the provision that we need. There are many things that God provides for us. There are many ways that God provides for us, and He provides in His time. And I'm so thankful tonight that it is nothing with the Lord to help, whether it be with direction, intervention, production, salvation, or provision. After ten years of peace, they faced adversity, but God helped. I want you to think about this. They went those ten years. Everything was great, and everything was wonderful, and everything was a blessing. But after ten years, they went through this storm. They faced adversity. But Asa cried out to God. God intervened. God helped. God enabled them. And God provided. And I, and I like this. That adversity that they faced turned out to be as much, if not more, of a blessing than the season of prosperity and peace that they had enjoyed. Let me put it to you this way. They returned from the battle richer than they were before. God used the difficulties to bless them even further. You see, in the ten years, they could say, we are so blessed. Then they went through this adversity and they learned some things about God and God intervened and God helped and God provided. And then they got the spoils and they got on the other side and they said, you know what? We just thought God had blessed then. Look how much more God is blessed now. And can I just plug this in one of these days? We're going to see our Savior face to face. We're going to be able to cast our crowns at the feet of our Savior. And you know what? We're going to be so much richer then than we are right now. What a day that will be when my Jesus I shall see. Oh, we face some mountains sometimes, and we don't make light of those. They're difficult. But there is a God in heaven, and it is nothing with Him to help us. Let's stand together. As heads are bowed, eyes are closed tonight. Father, we love you, and we thank you for the day you've given us. We thank you for the opportunity we've had to be in your house tonight. Pray that you would just bless uh, the remainder of the service, guide and direct. We'll be careful to thank you for what you do in Jesus' name. Amen.